Greetings and welcome to another Different Church Podcast. My name is Jarrett, and I hope you are having an awesome day. I'm recording this intro at 12.36 a.m. Sunday night slash Monday morning. And uh, today was a really super cool day. I know you probably must be tired of me saying that at the beginning of every podcast, but I can't help it. Our church is awesome. (laughs) Uh, Today we did something crazy. Uh, Hannah has been like warning me that this was going to happen at some point. And today is the day that it finally happened. Uh, She did her entire sermon in character. Uh, Not only that, she actually like to make things like more strange and weird and awkward. She ran on stage during the third song, the song right before the message and just totally like interrupted the band. And, um, it was fantastic. I am like super proud to be a part of a church that does, uh, interesting things. Um, honestly, you know, something like this is like art and I'm happy to be a a part of a church that takes a chance on creative art. And, uh, that's what today was. So kudos to Hannah for trying something cool. And, um, it, I think it really turned out really neat. So what you're about to listen to is, um, first you're going to hear the third song, which is called Never See the End. Uh, then you're going to hear, um, the woman caught in adultery, uh, interrupting the band. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's coming up in a second. Before we get there, let me just tell you about a couple things. Uh, Easter is coming up and we could use a few volunteers, um, to help out with some kid stuff. Uh, and we want specifically non-parents. It would just be for about 20 minutes after the service. Uh, so please let us know if that's something you're <coughs> interested in. I'm not going to fix that cough. Forgive me. Um, uh, I think I think that's probably the only announcement, really. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Here is uh, Hannah as the woman caught in adultery. But first... The band. Beyond the end in the beginning, you have been and you will be. Who in all the world is like you? Still, I'm not beyond.
out of breath. I've been running. <laughs> what are y'all standing for? <laughs> you can sit down. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like really out of breath. <laughs> I think I'm safe, but you know you can never tell who's watching. This is crazy. This is crazy. Did you know I almost just died? Don't make me break the fourth wall, Rick. <laughs> I didn't... I didn't die accidentally. Like, you know, Peter, who got kicked in the head by a donkey last month. They grabbed me. They grabbed me and they dragged me through the street. And then they just let me go. This is crazy. Also, where... The H-E double hockey sticks. Seems like there's children here. Is that lousy, good-for-nothing jerkwad? Never mind. It's not important. Being rude. Have we met? You seem familiar to me. You probably know who I am. Everybody knows who I am. I think I'm going to have to move. The news is already running the story. It literally just happened. Plus, there's like 100 videos of what happened from people who were standing around, you know, because they couldn't be bothered to do anything except film my train wreck of a life. <sighs> so irritated. Good Morning Jerusalem has already given me a nickname because my real name isn't important to the story. Actually, I don't know that I want everyone to know my real name. Then I might really have to move. Maybe the nickname is better. Have you seen the headlines? Such crap. They don't even begin. They don't even begin to tell the story of what happened, okay? My whole life has been reduced to 11 verses, which is not acceptable to me, okay? And guess what? I have the microphone, so I'm gonna tell a story myself. I was gonna tell the band to leave, but they already did. It's gonna take a minute, okay? Let me set the scene for you. The setting is Jerusalem the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, if you're from up north, you probably call it the Feast of Booths, okay, but you're wrong. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a time of year, every year. We look forward to this all year. The summer sucks, it's so hot, life is hard. We build booths out of tree branches and we like make makeshift shelters and we live outside for a couple of months because it's a way to remember how God protected our ancestors in the wilderness and how God protects and cares for us every year at harvest time. So it's a harvest time celebration, and like the cool air is finally here. It's like October, and there's tons of food, because harvest, and there's tons of wine, because party time. And um, we just, it's like we get to relax and cut loose for a couple of days out of our lives. We don't have to think about the stupid winter is coming, and the stupid Romans, and the stupid taxes we have to pay, and my stupid husband. It's so fun. Like, everyone is so happy. It's like the best time. We look forward to this all year long. There's no pettiness. No one's fighting. Everyone's excited, you know, except for, like, the church police because all they care about is people following the rules. And this couple-of-day celebration is just another time where they can look at us and be like, here's all the things you're doing wrong. They don't know how to have a good time. So what happened was, I thought I'd be able to get this out better by now, 
Like everyone already knows what happened. It's not like I have a shred of dignity left. I don't know why I'm feeling embarrassed right now, but it's embarrassing, okay? It's really embarrassing. It makes me feel like a bad person. Maybe I am a bad person. So what happened was, my husband's very annoying. That's what had happened. We've been arguing nonstop. I cannot stand the sight of his face. Literally looking at him makes me angry. And he doesn't like me very much either, okay? Mostly he just ignores me, which honestly, I would ignore me if I lived with me, but um, I don't, I live with him. And I don't ignore him, I'm just mad at him. And that makes me more angry that he just ignores me constantly. And it makes me feel really guilty because we, you know, we used to like each other. But now it feels like the Mediterranean Sea is between us. And I don't know how to get across it. We've both been partying, you know, because it's Feast of the Tabernacles. He's been out with his friends. Thank God. I don't have to look at his face for a couple of days. And I was just happy to be away from him. And also, maybe I was partying as well, okay? Let me... There's so much good food and good wine. And I had um, some. Too much? Maybe just enough. Okay, just enough. Just to get rid of my inhibitions, okay? Like, I wasn't... This is the part that makes me a bad person. I wasn't looking for a fling, okay? I wasn't, like, going out of my way to cheat. But it happened. Okay, it happened. Like, one thing led to another, and I was laughing, and I was happy. Like, happy. Like, genuinely happy for the first time in months, okay? I didn't have to look at my stupid husband. I didn't have to think about my stupid life. Like, everything was very happy. I had the delicious wine that we only bring out for the festivals. It was just a wonderful time, okay? And then one thing led to another, and then we were, like, sneaking off, you know. You know. Um, I don't have to say it, okay? And I I knew no one was going to be home because my husband said, don't wake up for me, and that was at 10 a.m. yesterday. Not that I would have waited up for him. But get this. Someone saw us and followed us. Like, we were being very sneaky. We didn't even walk together. I was like, meet me at this GPS location. (laughs) It's my house, P.S. Someone followed us. Can you? Who? What goody-goody two-shoes? has nothing better to do with their life during a party time than snitch. I would like to know. I would like to have words with this person. Who does that? It's not allowed, you know, cheating. Like, I mean, obviously, what I did was wrong. But also, like, it's, like, actually not allowed. Did you know that in our law code, it says if you get caught cheating on your spouse, you get stoned to death? And not like the fun kind. Not like, hey, and then you have snacks. No. Like, people throw rocks at you until you die. That's insane. But also, I have never heard of anyone being stoned to death for cheating, or for anything, for that matter. You know why? Because the Romans are like, hey, um, no one's allowed to kill people except me. And so guess what? If the Romans catch you killing someone without their permission, then they will kill you. So it's just a nice full circle. So no, I've never heard of anyone doing this, but apparently it's a thing. So we were in the middle of, you know. 
And then all these people just burst into my house. And they drag us off each other, and they're screaming, and they're yelling, and they, like, pull me in the street. I, like, barely had the time to grab a shirt, okay? And I was fighting and, like, kicking and screaming because I'm not going to lay down and take that. But there were so many of them, and they were so strong, and everybody was coming out of their houses to see what the commotion was about, but was anyone doing anything? No. They were just like, wow, she's crazy. She must have done something really bad for the church police to come grab her. And there weren't any Romans around to ask for help. I thought they were angry. Like, I really, they seemed so angry, but then I realized they were excited, which that's kind of weird. Do you think that's weird? They were, they were happy. I heard one of them say, now we've got him. Which I don't, under, I don't understand. I didn't understand what that meant, but it did make me realize that I was alone. Which leads me back to my point. Where... Is that lousy, good-for-nothing, jerkwad I was with? They didn't pick him up? He gets a pass? What was this, a setup? You know, you know, I was not, I was not doing that by myself, okay? There was another person there, and I'm the one being dragged through the streets? It was terrible. Everyone was screaming and yelling, and then... I realized we were in the temple, and then they just dumped me on the ground, and I couldn't breathe, and there was dirt in my eyes, and I couldn't focus. I couldn't catch my breath. Like, what what was happening? Were they actually going to kill me? Like, where were the Romans? The stupid, they're always around, monitoring everyone, making everyone's life miserable, and the one time you actually need them, they are nowhere to be found. I finally focused, and there was like this pair of man feet in front of me, wearing sandals. But I didn't, I didn't dare look up. Everyone was so loud above me, and I couldn't. I just tried to make myself as small as possible to disappear. Like, maybe I was having a nightmare. I was, like, pinching myself. And I heard the voice, one of the Pharisees, just floating above my head. And he said this. Teacher, we found this woman in adultery in the very act. Now the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? The pair of feet, it became attached to a whole person who knelt down in front of me. And then, then I was really afraid. Then I started shaking because I recognized him. I recognized him and I knew suddenly what this was all about and I knew I wasn't going to make it out of there. It was Jesus. I've seen him from a distance. Like, I'm sure everyone in Jerusalem has seen him from a distance, but, like, not this close. Everyone's talking about him nowadays. I've heard all about him. He's so kind. He, like, heals people. He says weird stuff, but, like, everyone loves him. My neighbor went to see Jesus, and she came back and said she understood what God was like, and I was like, are you nuts? I thought she was being crazy, and I brushed her off. But I'm not stupid, Okay, I know the Pharisees hate Jesus. He's always calling them out and telling them that they care more about their rules than actual people and telling them that their interpretations of the Bible are wrong. He's always questioning their authority in front of everyone. They hate that. I even heard they were already trying to kill him. So I was nothing to them. 
That's the worst part. Nothing. It's just a pawn in their scheme to trap Jesus. I, it could have been anyone. They could have grabbed literally anyone doing literally anything wrong, and I just happened to be especially unlucky. And a woman. They called him teacher sarcasm. They're trying to trap him. Right? If he says they should kill me, like the law says, well, then the Romans are going to kill him, which will accomplish their goal, right? But if he doesn't agree with the law of Moses, then they're going to expose him as a fraud in front of all the people, all the people who have been listening to him and gathered to see him. If he doesn't follow the law of Moses, then he cannot be a teacher from God. He was just writing in the dirt with his finger. I don't know what. I was looking at his face. He had such kind eyes. He didn't say anything to me at all. He just looked at me. He didn't care at all about the yelling above our heads. I was crying and shaking, and he just looked at me. And somehow I felt like it was going to be okay. He completely ignored everyone. He was so calm. And slowly I felt calm, and I stopped hyperventilating. And I was just so grateful because, like, at least if I was going to die, like, I knew I still had a little bit of dignity left, that someone saw me, that he didn't think it was right. And they just kept getting louder and louder and bothering him and pestering him. And he finally stood up, and all I saw was his feet, and I didn't, I didn't dare look up at them. I heard his voice, and it matched that same energy that I saw from his eyes, and he said, okay, but let the person who's never sinned throw the first stone. And that was it. I braced myself. He agreed with the law of Moses. Right? I wasn't, I wasn't going to make it out of there. He had to agree with, there's no other choice. He had to agree with the law of Moses. So I close my eyes and I brace myself and like, this is the it. This is it. This is the end. What a way to die. But then it was quiet. Maybe I'm just like having a trauma, but I feel like it was quiet for a really long time. And I finally had to look up. I had to peek because like, I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see the stone coming at me, the first one, whenever that was coming. But like nothing was happening, and I couldn't take it. So I looked up just in time to see the very oldest Pharisee look very embarrassed and annoyed and walk away. And I don't, I didn't understand what was happening. And Jesus was kneeling in the dirt again and drawing and not looking at any of them. And I kept hearing footsteps, shuffling footsteps. And they were leaving. They were leaving. The same people who dragged me out of my house were leaving one by one. And the last one, the whole crowd of religious leaders had left. And the last one, the angriest one, his face was purple. He had that, you know, the vein. <laughs> you know, like the rage vein. He looked like he was grinding his teeth so hard that they would fall out of his face. But the crowd was on Jesus' side now. Everyone was very quiet, and he was alone. He looked like he wanted to scream and yell, but he was alone. Everyone else had left him, and he turned on his heel, and he stomped away. 
and all the people were still there. But Jesus was still on the ground, ignoring everyone, drawing in the dirt. And he looked at me, and he said, where are your accusers? Did no one condemn you? And I didn't know what to say because they were gone. They were all gone, and I was still alive. Like, I didn't have so much as one stone thrown at me, and I don't understand. And then he said, well, I don't either. Go and sin no more. And he held out his hand and held me up. And he gave me a rag to wipe my face. And I fixed my clothes. And I didn't know what to do. Everyone's just staring at me. There's like, well, like a, a couple hundred people, a couple million people. It's a lot of people. And then just me and Jesus. I didn't know what to do. And he just said, it's okay, go. Everyone was quiet. They were so quiet. But they seemed kind. The same crowd, the same crowd, mind you, that had like joined in and they were chanting and following all the Pharisees. The same crowd, they, were, they seemed kind. They made an opening for me so I could walk through. One old lady squeezed my hand as I walked by. And I slowly, I got to the, to the entrance of the temple and I looked back and Jesus was still looking at me and he nodded. And then I went around the corner and then I started walking faster. And, fast. and I was running, I was running. I've been running. I, that's why I was out of breath because I literally have been running because you don't know. Just because they lost his game of wits one time doesn't mean they're not waiting around the corner to jump me. So now I ended up here. Weird. I'm not really, sh I don't, what do I do now? Do I go home? Surely somebody told my husband what happened already. What am I supposed to do with that? Can we fix it? Do I even want to fix it? I don't know. I keep thinking of Jesus' eyes, his kind eyes. They make me want to try. Like, he saved my life. Actually, you know what? He didn't just save my life. He, like, put his life on the line for me. My robes don't have any pockets. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> he knew, and I knew, that I did something wrong. And he stepped in. He stepped in anyways. He stepped in front of the firing line. And I don't understand because I was just taking the easy way out. Just looking for affirmation and fulfillment and fun from an easy place instead of doing the hard work of trying to heal my relationship. He didn't tell me what I did was okay, but he did something crazy, which was call out the scribes and the Pharisees in the temple in the temple, during feast time, in front of everyone. The old ones too, not just the young ones where he could have been like, well, you just don't know how to run your church, okay? Let me show you the way. No, the old ones who like built that place from the ground up. He put his life on the line and they were using Moses' law to point out what I did wrong. And he told them they, were, they didn't care about people at all. 
that I did something harmful and they were very self-righteous. <laughs> we finally got him. <laughs> when they didn't care at all, they were using a person, a person, mind you, as a tool in their religious battle to tell someone else that they were wrong. Jesus confronted them. But what, what's going to happen to him now? Because they started out by wanting to stone me. And now they want to stone Jesus. My neighbor who went to see Jesus, you know, the one. She, she said Jesus, she was talking to Jesus' disciples, and she said one of them made this really weird statement, and she didn't understand it, and I didn't understand it either, and I was like, this is just more nonsense that you're talking. But John, so he's apparently one of Jesus' bros, okay? He said that Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And she was like, what could that possibly mean? And I was like, I don't know, that's crazy talk. Like, why are we even talking to each other about this? I don't understand. That's nonsense. Except I get it now because when we do our sacrifices in the temple every year, all the harmful things we've done in the whole year get put on the animal who is dying so that we don't have to have the consequences. It's the animal who takes our place. And guess what? The animal gets the consequences instead of us, but I did something wrong and Jesus jumped in front of me. He stood up for me, a nobody. And now the consequences of what I did are going on him. Because the Pharisees are, you know, real mad. It's not good to make a, a whole group of people who spend their entire life policing others mad. I'm sure they're going to try to hurt him, kill him. I didn't deserve what he did for me. And now all I see when I close my eyes is Jesus' kind face and the way he knelt down and looked at me. And I guess I, I, guess I understand why everyone is drawn to him. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Anyways. I have to go. I can't believe I've been talking to you all for this long. You can get back to doing whatever weird stuff you were doing before. What is this, some kind of cult? <laughs>